Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of the Brown Bag. I'm your host, Michael T. Brown. Hey, follow us on Twitter at mtbrown98 or connect with us at facebook.com slash thebrownbag1. You can catch our broadcast on demand after taping or you can get a free download on iTunes. Have you missed any of our previous broadcasts? No worries. Go to blogtalkradio.com, search the Brown Bag, and listen at your leisure. Friends, we have a very powerful broadcast planned for you today with a very special guest. But before we get into that, I want our producer and friend, Michael Fordham, to come on and just talk a little bit about his vision for digital, for social digital media. Hey, Mike, I had the opportunity to hear the interview that you did with Christopher King here lately. And man, I tell you, the more I hear about the vision of social digital media, the more excited I get. Tell our listeners a little bit about that interview and what you guys discussed. Well, the interview actually focused around Conscious Capitalism, which is an organization that helps businesses to focus on community and giving back in building their business plans, Um, having an outreach that's already built in and establishing connections of how you're going to give back to the community in your, your business flow. So, um, it, it sort of fit into the things that I have been thinking about for social digital media as well because I wanted a way that people would have a studio, a place to come to learn about social media, also to learn how to um, record audio, how to record video, and have people who could edit and show you how to develop and build a web page and market that using social media and have a lot of experts to come and actually teach ordinary folks, especially my audience, which has been, you know, grassroots organizations and, you know, charities and nonprofits for quite some time. I just saw a need there after, you know, interviewing them and understanding what it is that could help them to grow their cause. Man, that's powerful, Mike. You know, oftentimes we talk about, you know, when we look at the television or radio, we say, man, you know, I wish 
there was more positive content out there. You're doing something about it, and that's, that's powerful. And you're giving opportunities for people to teach, come, learn, and see if they really are passionate about, uh, about media. Yeah. How can, and others, I, uh, how can people find out more about it? Well, they can go to um, socialdigitalmedia.org. Um, you can read a little bit about what's going on. We are looking for um, a web developer to help us with that page as well. But we've got some general information there. Um, also, in the near future, I'll be um, posting more information, some videos to help explain the concept and explain what we're trying to do and how it will impact the community. But um, just keep an ear out. Um, you'll hear more about it on this show. You'll hear more on my show, A Measure of Truth. And um, Christopher King and I have partnered together with Conscious Capitalism to be able to put together some events as well. Awesome. We'll definitely, be, we'll definitely stay tuned. Folks, we have a very special topic today, resilience, overcoming adversity. Have you ever been knocked down like I have or felt like you would, and felt like you would not get back up? Have you ever had your back against the wall and felt that there was no way out? Or maybe you're just seeking some additional nuggets of wisdom to help you along your way, some more fuel for the journey, if you will. Mike, I don't know about you, but I've had some moments in my life where I've felt completely stretched to my limit. Uh, but now when I look back, it was many of those moments that helped catapult me you know, to the next level. What about you, Mike? You know what? One thing I've learned about adversity, Mike, it helps you to know yourself. And to be successful at anything, you have to know your limitations because you have to know just how much you can put out there before you reach that limit. And, and some of us say we don't have limitations, but the truth is we do. And successful people run right up to that red line and know how mm. to back away. Man, nicely said. Well, today we have a young man who knows something about bouncing back from adversity and works continually to help others to do the same. Hey, Mike, why don't you go ahead and introduce our very special guest today? Pastor T.L. Brower, son of the late Reverend James T. Brown and Mrs. George Green, was born in Asheboro, North Carolina. After graduating high school, Pastor Brower enlisted in the U.S. Marines and was stationed at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. Afterwards, he moved to Sanford, North Carolina, where he attended Church of God Prophecy under the leadership of his father, Reverend James Brown. While evangelizing at the Church of God of Prophecy, Pastor Brower was called to preach. He received his ministerial training through Tomlinson Bible College in Cleveland, Tennessee. After fulfilling the requirements for pastoralship, T.L. began ministering in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And after serving in Chapel Hill for three years, he moved his ministry to Sanford, North Carolina, where he is the establishmentarian and pastor of Restoration through Christ Ministries Incorporated in Sanford, North Carolina. Pastor Brower has been teaching and preaching the Word of God for 24 years. He is one that loves the Lord and loves to preach. He is one that hears and knows the voice of God and is led and directed by the Holy Spirit. He is a man of patience excellence, a true shepherd of his flock, a sojourner who recognizes the potential in people and encourages them to obtain it. Pastor T.L. Brower, my friend and blood brother, welcome to the Brown Bag. Thanks, Mike. Good morning, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, man, we're so glad to have you on this morning. 
Pastor T.L., let's, let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into this. I believe you know a little something about this topic, resilience, bouncing back from adversity. Let, let me start by asking you this. Why is resilience so important? Why is it? And why is it so important? It's important because without it, we cease to move forward. And we wow. know that we live on an earth that's constantly turning. And for us to stop moving, for us to stop advancing, means that we're not only losing ground, but there's a there's the potentiality of, of us ceasing to exist. There's no without. There's no purpose. So wow, we have that's to good. bounce back. We have to bounce back. Yeah, that's good. T.L., tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, your background, a little bit about your story, and how it led you into pastoral ministry. <laughs> well, I know that could take quite a while, but give us the uh, the short version, right? Short <laughs> version. <laughs> well, it, it was it was our father who, who deserves the, the credit uh, for leading me into pastoral ministry because, you know, watching him growing up and, and seeing the compassion um, that he exhibited for those that uh, for those that appreciative of his services and his skills and abilities and leadership. But I think equally as important is the way that he showed and demonstrated compassion for those that did not. Right. It, it didn't seem to matter to him. And so I could see that what he did came truly from his heart. And it's not, it's not every day that you cross, come across people like that that truly cares and have compassion from their heart. It's not about anything else, but can I, can I let God use me to help somebody? And I think that that was instilled within me even at an early age. Yeah, what about, um, what was life like for you growing up in Asheboro, North Carolina? Uh, some of the things that maybe you look back now on and say, you know, these were some moments that uh, helped shape me. Well, we, we, grew, up, we grew up fairly poor. Um, we grew up in the projects. And, and growing up in that environment, um, I saw a lot. I saw a lot, and I, I saw a lot at, a, at an early age. Wow. Um, I've, I've seen people people shot. I've seen people stabbed. I've seen people killed. And and so that that left an impression upon me. Um, that that brought out a lot of things. I heard Brother Michael say uh, uh, to speak about the importance of knowing oneself. Mm-hmm. That's what adversity would do um, if we if we follow the follow through with the process. We we are we are ultimately introduced with who we really are, and, and mm. so I was shaped in a way that, that as I grew up, um, I, I developed a lot of a lot of questions, a lot of anger, a lot of mm-hmm. resentment, um, and, and and so the I, I saw the best place for me to go. Um, to get out of the streets, to get to get out of that lifestyle, was to go into the military, and so I took the challenge of becoming a U.S. Marine. And uh, one of the first things I learned when we got to boot camp was that they taught us then that there's no no color, there's no there's no race, there's no um, discrepancies. Everybody here is one color, and that's green. This guy next this guy next to you is your brother, and this is wow. the way you're gonna live, or we're gonna send you back home to your mama. And so I began to I began to discover or rediscover what was um, already embedded within me 
uh, from an early age, and that was that compassion. I, I, I learned through USMC that uh, I got white brothers, I got I got Asian brothers, I've got all all sorts of shapes of shapes and sizes of brothers, and they are mine. And my responsibility is to be my brother's keeper. That's good. That's good. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the power of testimony. You know, the Bible said that they overcame because of the blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus' blood, and the sure. word of their testimony. Um, when you hear the word testimonies, what does that mean for you? How have other people's testimonies impacted you or, or vice versa? What do you think when you think about the testimony of people? I, I, I think I have a pretty good understanding of, of what that means because when, when, when you are exposed to a, a I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to coin it as a transparent testimony. Okay. The testimony that, that, that reveals true struggles in one's life, true battle scars. Yeah. Then, then there's there's a sense of camaraderie. There's a sense of connection because now I'm exposed to someone that that has had a same or similar struggle that I have had, and they made it, or that I may mm-hmm. I may have at the at that moment, but they made it. And so ultimately, my paradigm begins to shift about my own situation, and so I begin to feel like I can do it too because they made mm-hmm. it. I, I I can make it. And, and so I, I encourage people that, that that if you're going to testify, give a transparent one. Yeah. Don't don't just don't don't just scratch the surface because uh, soldiers need to see battle scars. Mm-hmm. They need to be exposed to the fact that others have been wounded, but they made it. You know. I, I, yeah. I, now, go ahead. Go ahead. No. I, with, with that with that point, do you think? Let's bring this close close to home. Now, you've been in pastoral ministry for for, for numerous years, a couple of decades now. Now, when when an, when an individual shares that testimony, is the church doing a good enough job with that testimony to help them move forward? Because you know, it's one thing to be transparent, and that's good. Uh, but you know, I've heard it said, you know, that that the church is not just, you know, that the church should be also, you know, a hospital for the sick. Now, we don't go to the hospital just to show our wounds. There should be some healing at some point, you know. So what, what did you say, does the church, is the church doing a good enough job after that testimony is shared? And what can we do to help after the testimony is shared? Man, that's a great question. Question. I think one of the things that, that, that we lose sight of when we talk about the hospital being a place for the, or the church being a hospital for the sick yeah. is, the fact, is the fact that when we go into into a natural hospital, we don't, we're not only exposed to sick people. If that were the case, then no one would ever get well. Mm. When we enter the hospital, we, 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 uh, we place our lives, if you will, in the hands of trained and skilled individuals that are also in that same hospital. And so it, it ought not be, the church ought not be an environment where, where we're, only, we're only focusing on the sick, on the, the illnesses of people, but there ought to be skilled and trained folk in the church that that are able to minister effectively and help those that have been uh, traumatized by life yeah. to 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 get on a regimen that that will ultimately bring about their healing. And so, can we do a better job? Absolutely, we can. Absolutely, we can. 
That's good, and that's one thing I, you know, appreciate about your ministry, the chances that I've had to, to visit. You've, you've always tried to have that third eye, you know, who are folks that I can bring in to assist, you know, to help to help meet the needs of people. Uh, I'm sure the stories could just go on and on with some of the things that you've had to deal with and confront, you know, in, in the lives of others. But I'm, I'm thinking about that person, that listener who might be listening in, Pastor Brower, this this morning, who's sitting back and saying, you know, I hear everything you're saying about resilience, and, and I know I need to overcome adversity, but I'm just struggling with my past. You know, I've got, and I like what you said about, you know, show me your scars. And, you know, I, I like that because I've heard it said, you know, show me, your, instead of always showing me your stars, you know, and your successes, show me also your scars. How did you get there? You know, mm-hmm. uh, what would you say to that person who might be suffering in silence this morning? Um, just stuck in the past and, and and feels that sense of, you know, that sense of hopelessness? Man, that's a great question. I, I think the first the first thing that needs to be established is a is a kinship. Because mm. um, one of the things that that I've learned in my time in ministry is that people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. And and so the reality of it is, we I think you 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 um, made a statement earlier. The fact of the matter is that we've all been through something. I have, I yeah. actually I said we've all been through some things, right. um, many many struggles, you know, and, and from from the the from from the prisoner to the pope, yeah. we we've all made our shares of mistakes. We've all fallen down. And we've all had to get up, dust ourselves off, and hopefully, prayerfully learn from the mistakes that we've made and continue to move forward because life truly does go on. Um, I've yeah, learn people. from the mistakes we've made and move forward. Man, that's, yeah. that's, that's pretty tweetable right there, Tim. Uh, how, does, how has your faith, your belief in God, played a part in helping you through some of those struggles and discovering your purpose? My, my 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 belief in God. Actually, Mike, I was one of those individuals. And when you talk about being transparent, I was I was actually evangelizing when I when I met God. Wow! On a real level, I was already preaching, bro. And I met Him on that level because I had encountered some personal problems in my own life that okay. caused me to call that caused me to reevaluate the faith that I had. And so I found wow. myself needing needing to to experience him on a on a new level of consciousness, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. when we when we when we were first born again, we we become born again believers for many of us, not all of us, but for many of us, uh, we come to God out of necessity. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've ran my course, I've gotten into some trouble, my <laughs> life is messed up, and so I've tried, I've exhausted all of my natural uh, uh, all of my natural resources, whether the natural resources be drugs, be right. alcohol, or whatever the case may be, and now none of that's worked, so let me, let, let me go to God. And so when right. we come to God, for many of us initially, we're, just, we're looking for some relief in, in, in our everyday lives but not necessarily the experience that comes through trial and tribulation. 
You know, that's why James, that's why James tells us to count, count it all joy. We, we fall into diverse temptations because those temptations, those tests, those traumatic events of life, not only will reveal ourselves to us and our limitations, but also reveal our God to us. Because when you realize, bro, that no matter what state you're in, no matter what place you're in, God can find. David said, if I make my bed in hell, God is there. Wow. When you realize that no matter how dark your room is or your cell, or your circumstance, God can shine a light to where you are and will come get you. Now you now you know God on a new level. Wow. Hey, Michael Ford, are you there? I think we uh, woke up the preacher in him already this morning. What do you think? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I was just listening to what he said about David. And, and you know, that that is a deception of the devil. He wants us to believe that where we are at is so far away from God that we can't we got to clean ourselves up first in order to get to him, to present ourselves wow. to him. But we're ready. We're ready. As soon as we have given up and we've decided, you know, to be humble and to call on him, he's there for us, willing to go ahead and help us to make that turn, regardless of how far we've gone. Wow, that's good, Mike. Hey, hey, Pastor T.L., Michael Fordham just alluded to, you know, how we need to, some people feel that, you know, I need to clean myself up before I come to him. And I tell people all the time, you know, I, me personally, I can't do that. You know, <laughs> if, if I can clean myself up and fix it on my own, then we wouldn't need God, then would we? Talk a little bit about, you know, coming to God, you know, transparently and allowing him to do what he does. And I think, you know, um, and, I, and I share with people sometimes, you know, there's sometimes where I can't call where a call to a friend or a brother might be good, it might be positive, it might be, you know, encouraging, but there are just some places that I think we can get to in life that literally only the Word of God can be that medication. Talk about that book that uh, I know you spend, you spend a lot of time in throughout the years and how uh, the Word of God can help us to move to that next level. Actually, you, you said it already, bro. The... the the storms, the trials, the tribulations, the issues that we deal with in life are far too great for us to for us to handle on our own, wow. and we must be fully aware of that. Um, this is this is absolutely why we need a God, and this is mm. absolutely why He had to send His Son Jesus, because we could not do it alone. I cannot do it alone. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not wise enough to do it alone, but God, who was smart enough and wise enough to birth us into existence after preparing us before we were placed in the bellies of our mother's womb, he's smart enough. In other words, he has a plan for each and every individual that's breathing oxygen right now, and he developed that plan prior to you being born into existence. He has mm. something <laughs> or some things that he wants you to do. And the despair that you may find yourself in, the shame that you may find yourself in, the guilt, the, the, again, the prison cell that you may find yourself, that is not your destiny. That was, that was not his ultimate plan for your life. But God is so smart that he'll use it. Wow. He'll use mm. it to make it mm-hmm. safe you into what he originally intended for you to be. So I had to suffer some things. I absolutely had to. 
all of the things that I suffered, I did, and I made some crazy choices in, in my 48 mm. years. But there are some things that I had to go through, and regardless of whether it was, it was my mistake or my pathway, every bit of it God is able to use to help me connect to somebody. I, I I connect. I can connect to a crackhead. I can connect to a drug dealer. I can con, I can connect to a professional. I can connect to a soldier. I, and so wow. I have a realm. I have a niche that I know I, and I feel very comfortable in ministering in that niche. Now, as we alluded to earlier, or as we spoke about earlier, when you go into into a hospital, you've got many different types of professionals. And so you may have you may have a general practitioner that may refer you to a specialist, but they're both doctors. Right. Okay. So we all are God's specialists, mm-hmm. and there's somebody there's somebody that 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 God wants you to specialize in reaching. So give wow, him praise. That's powerful. Give him mm-hmm. praise for your circumstance. Yeah. Even and you, I like how you ended that, and then come back. Now, after all that's done, you know, come back and give him praise, Pastor. We had a we had um, a young man on last week. We were talking about adoption, and he talked about some of those struggles and unanswered questions. And I think we can go there again this week. You know, um, the why. You know, I, I had a family member say to me, and she will remain nameless. She said to me one time. She said, "I never thought my life would be like this." When she said that, it just kind of, you know, hit me. And I, and I thought, too, it doesn't have, to, doesn't have to stay this way. But back to the young man last weekend, he, he shared, he said, that with the unanswered questions of, you know, why was, how, can he, how come he can't find his, his, his birth family? Then he came back and made the statement. He said, he said, Mike, I've come to realize some of the pain in my life isn't even for me. Yes, it's for it's to help other folks. And once he kind of came to that conclusion, and and I actually heard Michael Fordham on an interview that he had with Christopher King, and he talked about you know his need to help others, that passion of you know I must help others, I must serve others. Talk a little bit about that, Pastor. Um, you know, taking that pain and and using it and 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 letting it turn into purpose. That's 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 powerful, Mike. You know, the Apostle Paul said we suffer for the lake's sake. In wow. other words, he, he fully recognized that there was some, some, some trouble that he was having that had, that had very little to do with him, but more to do with those that he was called to minister to and to serve. Uh, again, a, a connection must be established in order for an individual to be receptive to your ministry. Uh, yeah. we, we, can't, we can't just walk up and down the streets uh, barking at people. But there has to be an identification. There has to be a connection on a real level that this human being cares about me, and and if if they don't fully understand me, they're willing to try. Yeah. Then then you can begin to minister. And, and I tell you, and I actually our brother, our brother Dr. Brown, made a statement to me one day. He, he and I was was having a discussion about some some of life challenges. And, yeah. and, and I told him, I said, man, I said, sometimes I feel like, my, I'm talking about myself personally, I said, sometimes I feel like I just compartmentalize in order to continue to function. And so wow. I, 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 see a, I, see, I see a traumatic situation. I just put it in the back of my brain and focus on what I have to do right now. And, 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 and Andre looked at me, bro, and he said, he said, Tiff, do you think sometimes you have to embrace it? Whoa. And, 
Yes, sir. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is the, is the, the compartmentalization is a way of doing it, but it is, is it always the best way? Absolutely right. not. <laughs> Absolutely not. We, when, we, when we embrace our struggle, when we embrace our, our, our trials, our tribulations, even our past, we take the sting out of the bee. <laughs> mm. When I embrace you, when I when I no longer run from you, no longer hide from you, no longer push you aside or sweep you under the rug, I take your sting out, and all you can do is buzz. Wow. You can't hurt me because I fully embrace you. And, Michael Fordham, I want you to jump in on this. You've touched on the point of, you know, humility, and, and I think that's that's so important. And here we got two young men, you know, that are extraordinary, you know, professionals such as yourselves, being transparent and talking about the need for God, you know, and, and oftentimes in our society, that's not the picture of manhood that we get. You know, it's often, you know, um, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, you know, man up. And we have to do those things. Don't get me wrong. That's an important part of manhood. But, Michael Fordham, talk a little bit about the humility that I think can be gained from, you know, let me just talk about me personally, from having gotten stung, you know, <laughs> having, got, having had to suffer consequences. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm coming to the point where I realize I'd rather be humbled than always have to constantly get humbled. Talk about mm. humility, Michael Yeah, um, you know, sometimes we make mistakes over and over again. And it's funny, you don't get the same consequences for the mistakes you made in the past. Somehow they get worse, <laughs> you know. It, it's a key indicator that there's a lesson to be learned and. Apparently, the volume has to be turned up for you to hear the message. Wow. So, you know, this is something I've learned in my life. Um, then I, I got heavily into watching others make mistakes that I would never make, you know. And, you know, you have to be humble to hear and not judge. Because when, when people talk about their problems to you as well, you can hear solutions that for you as a Christian that are valid, but for them, without that faith and without that belief, they just can't get a grip. They can't see themselves going in that direction because they can't give up in the process. They think that they only have to become more aggressive to make things go their way. Well, you know, we, yeah, we see this a lot in corporate America when someone makes a mistake and all they do is hire a PR person and a fancy lawyer to get them out of a situation and then they find themselves back into it again. So, Versus you know, dealing with what got them in the situation. Exactly. Changing right. the behavior, but thinking that now they have a process that will work again the next time as well, and that they'll rely on this process as opposed to the change that's needed in their lives, looking back at them and seeing what's wrong and trying to become better. And yeah. we see these examples quite a bit. And it, it's, um, it's in our movies that we see it, you know, from what we get from media, from what we hear from our everyone from political officials to corporate entities to the average person on the street. So it, it's just a shame that people are not looking at this um, process of being humble, learning the lesson, becoming better, looking to yourself yeah. and taking the blame and understanding yeah. that there's help out there. And, you know, going through God, he will open your eyes and help you to see things differently. It's one of the things I pray for every day. I ask God to help me to see myself and others the way he does. I'm not going to get his wow. vision, but anything away from my vision is better. 
is closer yeah. to the way he would see things. He's only going to let me see what I can understand, you know, what I can comprehend, what will help me to become the person he needs me to be. And, and that's all I'm looking for. Yeah. Pastor Brower, you, you talked about um, having a conversation with, a, with another person. And I, and I think that's important because oftentimes, you know, maybe men, we fall into this category more than others. You know, you talk to somebody, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm good, I'm all right, when maybe you not, might not be all right, you know. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and, and I've been blessed enough to have, you know, your brotherhood and, and friendship to where we've had, you know, real conversations. I, I haven't gotten – I've had kneecap-to-kneecap conversations with people that have helped me that have shed some light on my situation, who are willing to be transparent about their situation. Talk a little bit about that, that brotherhood, Pastor, and, and the need for believers to, you know, connect with other people and, and recognize that we don't have to suffer in silence. Yeah, absolutely. That's why deep conversations like this, Mike, like, like this one, Mike, are, are so precious uh, to me because people, people really Mike need Mike. to be – People need to be exposed to the fact that uh, success is not necessarily defined by your bank account or by your right. position, um, but it's really, and it really should be defined by your relationship with your creator. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a success because I'm saved. I'm a success because I'm born again. And so anything that comes along with my journey with him I just give him the credit and the praise for. I would not know how to be a man without meeting the man. I would have not any understanding about being a father without meeting the father. I had my own ideas and conceptions, but I really didn't know. I, I really didn't understand what un- unconditional love was right. until I fa- until I failed him and he loved me through it. That's powerful. And so. That's- and so I don't mind sharing that with others, you know. So when they when they hear my my credits or my credentials or uh, or my accolades, that that's all well, and we give God praise for them. But I really want you to understand that I didn't get here by myself. I didn't survive that struggle by myself. Mm-hmm. I knew and I know the Father. I know and I knew the Creator. And I couldn't bail myself out. He bailed me out. He taught, he taught me to embrace my mistakes and learn from them, learn from them, learn from them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, so I'm not doomed to repeat them. And ultimately, I would become a better person. I just think that, that that's more conversations that particularly, you said, brother, particularly those, those of us, you know, the, the men, we, we, we're growing up to many of us in households where we don't have a role model. We don't have a father. And so we, at 16 or 17, we're, we're now trying to become something that we've never seen. And the only way to become something I've never seen is by mistake. You wow. can't do it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Let's, so let's segue that into, into a topic that I think needs to be discussed. And after this, I, you've already preached in many ways, but I definitely want to give you a, a platform <laughs> to share any other things, you know, unfiltered. Um, this whole idea of forgiveness, uh, you know, many times I don't, I don't think it's hard. I, I think it's difficult to rise to a level of success harboring unforgiveness. Um, 
Now, and I recognize that forgiveness doesn't mean that what somebody did, you know, it will ever be right. But I think it can do a, go a long way in helping us move forward. Talk a little bit about how forgiveness um, can help us move forward. Well, I would begin by saying that unforgiveness is a cancer to the soul. Well, mm. It eats away at who you are, ultimately reshape and reform your personality, your character, in negative ways. And so to, to walk in forgiveness or to forgive those that have hurt or harmed you is really not so much about doing something for them. It's more about doing something for yourself. It's the wow. penis. It's the penicillin for your soul. Unforgiveness mm. will, will lead to, to hatred, will lead to depression, uh, it will lead to bitterness. And, and so it, it causes your soul to be sick. And so whomever harmed you, whoever wronged you, release them from your soul for your own soul's sake. Yeah. Mm. And what about forgiving ourselves, Pastor? Oh my God! <laughs> that's a, look. That's a. I guess that's a show all by itself, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Yes. Yeah. Mike, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because it, it, I need I need to be able to forgive myself yeah. first and foremost. Say I messed up, you know? <laughs> yeah, because it, because until I'm able to do first of all, for me to forgive myself means that I have to acknowledge my own wrong. Mm. I yeah. have to have to confront my mistake. And, and, and so that, that, that right there propels me to grow mm. as, opposed, as opposed to ignoring my mistake or making excuses for the mistakes that I made. So to forgive myself means that I acknowledge my, my own faults, my own frailties, and my own weaknesses. And so once I acknowledge them, now I'm aware of who I am. Mm. Man, even, to, even, to a great, even to a greater degree. See, I'm a pastor, but I'm human. Yeah. And and so be, being anointed does not make you Superman. It well, doesn't. Being anointed should make you a humble man or a humble woman because my hmm. anointing comes from him. I didn't manufacture it. I didn't create it. I got it from him. He He gave this to me to do his work. And so when he gave it to me, he understood that I needed that anointing, I needed that covering, and I needed that help to fulfill my assignment, whether my assignment is as a father, as a husband, as a leader, as a teacher, as a, whatever my assignment, my assignment may be, that power that's on my life is for that. And he gave me that power with the full understanding that, my, that I have my own limitations. Mm. So I don't, I, don't wow. work, I don't work with the pressure of having to become something that I'm not. Because I recognize that if he assigned me to do it, then he's going to give me the power to get it done, even with my, even with my own friends. Man, I think, I think of David. The Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. He had a relationship with God, but yet he failed God. Wow. How, how, how do you find yourself in such good graces with him one day and seemingly the next day you're, you, you've almost completely forgotten about his existence? Wow. Now you, now you're depending upon yourself, and now you've created all of this world of hurt for other people. But yet, but yet, as he said himself, if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. So the destruction that David created, the destruction that David created, God found him in the middle of that destruction and was able to deliver him from it. 
And so with the testimony of David, so many of us now, whether, whether we're in political leadership or, or whether we're in the field of education, whether we're in ministry, whatever, whatever walk of life we're in, we have to understand that sometimes we will fail and sometimes we will create our own world of hurt. Yeah. But God can still find us. God can still find us in the midst of that and deliver us from it and then turn around and use that testimony to help somebody else. Powerful. I believe you're helping a lot of people. Michael Fordham, questions, comments, your thoughts? Well, I can just only agree, you know. Um, it, it's funny how, you know, I have gone through so much in my life. Um, I, I I know it was God who delivered me because I, I've seen other people who tell the story a little differently. And um, I've come out of things. And, and um, like Pastor Brower said, when your your experience is to help someone else, I think the deliverance is part of that. It's part of the connection. It will help people to understand why your story is different than maybe theirs was in the end result. Um, there have been many things in my life. I mean, I got a book full of them, literally a book <laughs> full of some of the things that I've gone through in my life that I just don't know how it is that I was able to, to move forward. Um, I've had tragic accidents here and was on a plane the next day. And I shouldn't have been. Wow. You know, going somewhere on on a, a pleasure trip and still made it. Um, wow. you know, bandaged up the whole bit. So, you know, there's just been so many things that I can point to. But, you know, I've always looked back and appreciated that God's presence was in my life. And, you know, uh, I think that's really important for people to, to look for that. You have to look for it. You have to notice it. And when you do see it, you can't sit there and say, oh, man, I lucked up. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you yeah, can't yeah. say luck. You, you got to know it's a blessing. You got to call it what it is. And you got to thank God. And, and, and that's not that difficult to do no matter what you're doing. You really can acknowledge him in the yeah, presence. And Pastor Brower, no, I, I appreciate you sharing that, Mike. And, and, and Pastor Brower, you know, the conversation we're having, you know, I have to give a big shout out, you know, to Dad, late, great uh, Reverend James C. Brown. He, he, he shared his, his personal testimony with people. He, he, he put it out there, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, the things that he was proud of, the things that he wasn't proud of. Um, and that transparency, I definitely – I hear in your voice, and I hear it with passion, and I hear it with intention. So I just want to just turn the floor over to you a little bit. I know you've, you've preached and you've helped so many people already, but um, if you have any prepared remarks you just want to share with people, just want to open that up to you. Thank you, Mike. Uh, comes to my mind um, is a very simple and plain passage of Scripture that Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, and we all heard it as little children growing up. And it simply says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I just hope that, that somebody that's listening to us today will get this from the conversation that we've had. The reality of it is is that there's nothing that this world can throw with you at you that you cannot sustain, that you cannot overcome, and that you cannot come out of or through. You can do all things. And I don't say this superficially. I, I understand that we, we're, 
We live in a world where we're facing real struggles. I'm not talking about a headache. You can take Tylenol for that. But there, I, I call them the three Ds of life, that we, that we all at some time or place in our life are faced with and we have to deal with. And those three Ds are death, disease, and disaster. In mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form, we're going to be touched uh, by one or many of those. Um, death, we understand that, that we're all going to die. We're going to, have to, we're going to have to pass on at some point or another. But how about the fact that um, you, you weren't prepared to lose your child? Can you imagine a mother having to bury her son or a father having wow. to bury him? We weren't prepared for that, but, but, but many of us have had to deal with it. And so death can affect you in many ways, shapes, or form. And if, if you think about disease, they, we, we, all, we all know the big C word, and, and, and we pray for those that, that have to hear that from their doctor because immediately fear begins to grip. Um, but there are other types of cancers as well. What about the cancer of, of drug addiction, yeah. of substance abuse? What about the cancer of unforgiveness that rots your soul? That disease can come in many different shapes and forms. And then we think about disaster, disasters like Hurricane Katrina, like the tsunamis that we've seen happen. So we've seen disasters in many different shapes or forms. Um, think about divorce. Think yeah. about, about when you've been married and, and, and you've had all of these wonderful plans for your future, and then one day you wake up and he says, I don't want to be here anymore, or she says, I don't want this relationship anymore, and you had all of these plans. Or what about when you put in 20 years on your job and you've got your 401K and, your, and everything and all these wonderful plans for retirement and you go to work one morning and you're issued a pink slip? You've, mm. just, been, you've just been divorced. What about, what about the relationships, the familiar relationships that we have where we've got brothers not speaking to brothers and sons not talking to fathers and daughters not, not speaking to their mothers? And so we, we deal with these with these different areas and these different traumatic situations in our lives on a very real level. We have to deal with those experiences. But having those experiences does not mean that we have to die in those experiences. The Apostle Paul said, I can do all things. I can deal with this. If it's on my plate, God equipped me to handle it. And so we have to begin to, be, to believe that first because our paradigm, our perspective of our situation must change first. I like the fact that Paul preaches to himself. He, he speaks in the first person. He says, I, I can't. Mm-hmm. can't. Because until I believe it, nobody else is going to believe it. I must mm. believe that I can do this, that I can come out of, of this place of despair, that I can deal with this traumatic situation in my life. Yes, I was planning on spending the rest of our lives together, but if, if, if he or she decided they don't want to be here anymore, then I'm going to pray for them while I pray for myself, but I will not die right here. Mm. I deal with this. God equipped me to handle this, and so I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. I can come out of this addiction. I can do it. I can do it. I can beat this diagnosis. I can do it. God has plans for me. I know that he has greater plans than what I see right now in my natural life, so I believe that I'm going to believe God. And God says, I can do 
all things. I won't die an addict. I won't, mm. I, I won't die in this situation. I, I, I won't give up in this circumstance. I can do all things. A professor once, once made a statement after watching his, men, his mentor succumb to leukemia. He said, he said I've, learned, I've learned that life is not like a VCR. He said that you can't, you can't just fast forward past the bad parts. <laughs> but a thing I've learned is that God is in every frame. Wow. And so the reality of it is, is that I've got, I'm, I'm going to experience some things. I'm going to experience um, some hurts. I'm going to experience some failures of my own. I'm going to experience some disappointments. But in the midst of each and every one, God is in the frame. I can't fast forward past it. I, can't, I, I know I wish it would, it, it would go away in an instance, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I have to deal with it for a while. You know, the Apostle Paul went to God one time and said, will you remove this thorn from my flesh? Will you remove this thing that's antagonizing me? Will you remove yeah. this thing that, 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 that's bothering me? And God spoke back to him and said, no, I'm not going to remove it, but I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to expose you to a new level of consciousness in me. I'm not going mm. to remove that thorn, but I'm going to give you something called grace. I'm going to show you that you can live with it, you can deal with it, and it does not have to conquer you. And so, yeah, I'm going to have some some folk that I care about that's going to die too soon. Yeah, mm. I'm going to have to deal with, with the humanity and the limitations of my own earthly body, yes. Yeah. I'm going to have some devastating situations in my life. But through each and every one, I am now obligated to remind myself that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thought would help somebody today. Well, I know it sure does help me. And uh, I believe I'm speaking for many other listeners. Um, I've heard it said that, you know, we should never waste a good crisis, that, that crisis actually has a way, you know, of exposing some things that, that needed to be exposed um, in order to help us develop, what should that person who, who's heard everything that you said and now they're motivated, they, 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 they feel the case, they, they know I, I can do it, it takes faith to step out and head out, out into that unknown. Talk a little bit about how they can increase their faith now to take steps moving forward. Maybe they say, you know, I need to pick myself up. I need to dust myself off. You know, maybe I'm ready to go back to school or try a new relationship what should be on their mind faith-wise as they move forward? First of all, make, make your mind up right now, this minute, that you would no longer yield to your circumstance. Hmm. I, would no longer, I would no longer succumb or yield to my situation or my devastation. But what I will do is I will yield to and submit to the God of my situation, the God of my circumstances. I I know it may sound cliche, but I, I still believe today, brother, it's true that we should begin on our knees. Fall mm. on your face before the God who loved you enough to create you. Fall on your face before the God that loved you enough to birth you into existence. Fall on your face before the God that loved you enough to give you his master plan. And even though we may not have lived up to it up until this moment, 
he's loved us enough to give us another opportunity. And so share with him. Give to him. He says, cast your cares upon me, for I care for you. Expose yourself to him. Become transparent before him. And then once you've done that, once you've asked for his forgiveness for, for your sins, for your weakness, for your shortcomings, once you ask for his grace over your life, ask him for his revised version of his plan for it. Because after you get through praying, you've got to get off your knees and you've got to do something with what God has given you that we call the rest of your life. And I'm telling you, the rest of your life is going to be the best of your life. He'll make it happen. He'll make it happen. That's powerful. That's powerful. I want in our last few minutes to talk about purpose and passion. How do you personally define your purpose and passion? And how might you help others discover theirs? Well, we, we, we all have a general purpose, every one of us that are created. And once we tap into the general purpose, then our individual purpose can be revealed to us. Revelation mm-hmm. 4 says, for thou art worthy, I believe it's around verse 11, says, for thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. And here's the key. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And so everything that he created, he created for his own pleasure. That's our general purpose. Our general, our general purpose is to bring God pleasure by the lives that we live and by our worship and adoration for him. So tap mm. into his general purpose. Tap, make, God, make God the most important being in your life. Make every day as best you can a day that, that causes him to smile at the life that you live. Mm. Lift him in your actions, your words, and your deeds, and then your individual purpose uh, can be revealed unto you. But uh, tap into the general first. And we talk mm-hmm. about passion, because passion and purpose go hand in hand. One of the ways that, that your individual purpose can be revealed to you is through the areas that you're passionate in. Normally mm-hmm. the things you're passionate about are directly related to, to uh, your, your individual purpose in life. Uh, why is it? Why is it that certain things bother me? Why is it that, that, that certain things just really get to me and get to my heart? Well, right. I, I, need, I might need to investigate. Yeah, because I may discover that my purpose is tied up within there. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. I did want to allow you an opportunity to just, you know, share with our listeners ways they can connect with you, um, you know, based upon, you know, what I believe you shared today. Uh, folks might want you to come and preach or teach or, or, or you know, do workshops. How can people connect with you? Uh you can you can find us on our website restorationthroughchrist.org, uh, or you can you can follow us on on YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel now, uh, Pastor T. L. Brower, uh, where we'll, we we just began to upload videos uh, from our services, sermons, and things of that nature. Um, uh, on Twitter at Pastor at Pastor Brower, uh, and so we we love we love to connect. We love to share. Uh, on our website, uh, we have a forum uh, that, that we've newly created and established for discussion. And so if you have any questions, if you have any ideas, if you have, you know, topics that you just like to, you know, to talk about, 
you can go on our website, again, restorationthroughchrist.org, and click on the, the form link and post your question, and you'll get a response uh, from me, my assistant pastor, and from anyone else who, who would care to share. Uh, so we feel free to contact us, uh, ask, us any, ask us any questions or any, give us any thoughts. Uh, we, we're just here to help. We're just here yeah. to help any way, any way we can. We, we just want to help somebody. Awesome, awesome. Before I ask just for a few closing thoughts, um, I know you're a man that, you know, has a, a lot of plans and ideas. Talk a little bit about uh, what you see for yourself in the, in, in the ministry moving forward. Uh, what has God birthed in your spirit, some, some new ideas, things you're looking at? Uh, one, of the, one of the things that, that he, he's really caused me to, I'm, I'm, it's actually a refocusing for, for us at Restoration um, be, because we're, we're a different, I'm, I'm just going to say a different kind of, like I say, you got different people that specialize in different things. Um, I, I will, I will, our motto is is helping hurting people. That's our motto. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what we're good at doing. And so, in our efforts to do that, we, we're we're trying to find new and innovative ways. We're trying to use not only technology, but we're trying to network. Um, and, and and so, what I see us doing in the very near future is doing more reaching out to bring to bring in people that specialize in different areas. That can come into our community and to mm-hmm. help edu- to help educate to help empower us to deal with these same situations and circumstances that we we've been talking about for the past hour. Um, it, it's not enough just to say you can get through it. Right. I, I I think we need to be able to to develop a plan and instruct others on how to develop a plan to deal with the adversities of life, to become more than conquerors. And so that, that's what I really see us doing, Mike. I, I see us reaching out to different people from different walks of life um, and, and, and connecting with them and networking with them, whether it be in, in the business community, whether it be in the political community. Um, if there's a way that you can help us, we want to hear yeah. from you. We, we want to partner with you. If there's a way that we can bring about change in this community, we can stop some of this some of this killing, some of this shooting. If we can stop some of this, some of this some of this underage, unplanned pregnancy, if we can stop some some of this, we want we want to work together to do it. Yeah, yeah. That, that, Powerful. That, well, you know, you know, I'm uh, just a phone call away, and um, just want to thank you personally, of course, for being on our broadcast today. But I got to give a Big shout out for what you've you know meant to me just as a brother, and some of the conversations that we've had um, will always uh, stick with me. And, and your impact has been tremendous today and on a lot of people. But personally, I thank you for the impact on me. And thank you, my brother. You're 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 a true inspiration. You really are, and I just can't help you know but to think how proud our father must be of you at this very moment. And you, you and you and uh, Brother Fordham have been a blessing to me today and an inspiration. And I look, I look forward to um, doing some other things with you guys. Absolutely, we want to have you back on again, and we just thank you so much for your impact and the work that you're doing. Uh, God bless you, and don't get weary in well doing, my brother. Keep up the great work. <laughs> Likewise. All right. Some closing thoughts. It's never too late 
too late to begin again, your pain can actually become your platform to launch you into your destiny. That's right, the pain, the setback, the disappointment can become your appointment, the place that you're called to minister to others. Don't give up, don't give in. Someone in your future is counting on you. Your purpose, the God has set out counting on you. Give God the glory. Always love God. Love people. God bless. What the